Good morning, friends. Today is Sunday, May 31st, 2020. Today is the Sunday of Pentecost. And this is a day that is very, very special to me. It marks my, let's see, five-year anniversary. Um, I know it seems like so very short (laughs) that I've been officially an Episcopalian. If you don't know me personally, or if we haven't talked about this stuff, then you might not know that I was raised Quaker, um, became a United Methodist in, I think that was made official in 2007, might have been eight, um, although I'd been attending the United Methodist Church since, I think, 2003. It was the meet in the middle for myself and my, at the time, husband. And then in 2013, 14, somewhere along those lines, I think 14, um, I, I used the timeliness of a move from Florida to Alabama to really do a little research and also soul searching and leave the Methodist church or the United Methodist church. Um, I had just some really fundamental disagreements about sacraments, particularly the sacrament of marriage and the United Methodist community stance on homosexuality. Um, and so I went through and I finally started reading the, (laughs) the rule book, so to speak of different denominations and really figured out that I had a few deal breakers and they're kind of interconnected. Like you could say, I really have like two in a subsection, but in my mind, they're three. One is that, um, any church community of which I'm going to be officially a part. And I don't mean working alongside or supporting good work of, or anything like that. I just mean that to consider myself a member And that religious community, the one in which I am focusing prayer, energy, time, talent, etc., it needed to be a community that had open sacraments. So, for example, a community where others not of that particular denomination could come and partake of communion. And if you ever want to ask me how I got to these deal breakers, there are some stories behind them, but I don't want to spend the whole podcast this morning talking about that. Um, So one, open sacraments, two. Two was, or um, what I guess I would think of in my mind now is open ordinations, right? So um, women and other minorities um, as priests or pastors or whatever verbiage you would use for leaders in the church community, um, performing said sacraments, right? Not just relegated to specific narrow roles and responsibilities, but all leadership positions open to all of God's people. And then lastly, and this is the one that you might see as a subset of the first one, but really was specific for me, um, needed to be willing to, or 
or actually a subset of the first and second, but needed to be willing to and practice doing it, right? Not just like say we're open to it, but performing sacraments and ordaining for and ordaining same sex people and couples. So marrying same sex couples, ordaining gay ministers, etc. So those those became my three. And I was really surprised that the Episcopal Church met those three just based on, especially, you know, I was in the South at the time, the perception um, that I had um, of the Episcopalians, you know, the, the things you hear about Catholic light and anyway, um, don't need to quite delve into that this morning, but, um, but the Holy Spirit led me to the Episcopal Church through music. And again, that is, that is another story for another time. And really without searching at all, my son and I, our very first day, not even our very first Sunday, our very first day that we were, um, living together because I'd come up on weekends before, but living together in Montgomery, Alabama found, walked in the door of the Episcopal Church of the Ascension. And it was home nearly immediately. And so about a year and a month, I think it was, later, after um, some wonderful classes and conversations and community, I was confirmed as an Episcopalian on this day, Pentecost Sunday in 2015. And as with any other organization, I have had my ups and downs with the Episcopal Church, just as one would with any family or organization, right? But those are also stories for another time. Boy, I feel like I'm giving all these teasers this morning, but I just wanted to talk to you a little bit why this day is so special for me and why the Episcopal Church is so special for me. And really, let me just sum up all the things I've said and could say by saying that just as our bishop says, the way of love is the most important mission of the church in my mind, heart, and soul. And I have found that the Episcopal Church, in all of its human imperfections, since it is made up of humans, really tries to follow the way of love, really tries to put that at the forefront. And that's really important for me to remember today on this particular Pentecost, because this is a hard time. This is a hard time for us globally. This is a hard time for us nationally. And this is a hard time for me personally. I am heartbroken over recent tragedies over the pandemic, over the way aspects of our government have responded to the pandemic, the way people have responded to the pandemic, the heartbreak of being separated from each other. There is nothing worse, I think, than not being able to see a loved one through the passage of death. And then, most recently, or more recently, um, the passing of George Floyd and 
and then the ongoing um, persecution that I've been facing personally. It is, I believe, all tied together. And we do not suffer alone. We suffer together. It might feel like we are alone, but we are indeed together. And so today it helps to remember what I have found and am finding continuing to uncover God's love. Let me, um, let me give you, you guys know how I like to sometimes give you the definition of things from the Episcopal Dictionary of the Church. So let me give you the definition of Pentecost and then we'll, we'll hopefully kind of move on from this super long introduction <laughs> to today's um, daily office. Please forgive me. And, and if you fast forward, no harm, no foul. Okay, so this is according to the Episcopal Dictionary of the Church, a user-friendly reference for Episcopalians. Pentecost, the term means the 50th day. It is used in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, or I would say in the Hebrew scriptures, it refers to a feast of seven weeks known as the Feast of Weeks. It was apparently an agricultural event that focused on the harvesting of first fruits. Josephus referred to Pentecost as the 50th day after the first day of Passover. The term is used in the New Testament to refer to the coming of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost, shortly after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. Christians came to understand the meaning of Pentecost in terms of the gift of the Spirit, the Pentecost event was the fulfillment of a promise which Jesus gave concerning the return of the Holy Spirit. The speaking in tongues, which was a major effect of having received the Spirit, is interpreted by some to symbolize the church's worldwide preaching. In the Christian tradition, Pentecost is now the seventh Sunday after Easter. It emphasizes that the church is understood as the body of Christ, which is drawn together and given life by the Holy Spirit. Some understand Pentecost to be the origin and sending out of the church into the world. The day of Pentecost is one of the seven principal feasts of the church year in the Episcopal Church. The day of Pentecost is identified by the Book of Common Prayer as one of the feasts that is especially appropriate for baptism. The liturgical color for the feast is red. Pentecost has also been known as Whitsun, or Whit Sunday, a corruption of White Sunday. This term reflects the custom by which those who are baptized at the Vigil of Pentecost would wear their white baptismal garments to church on the day of Pentecost. The Book of Common Prayer provides directions for observance of a Vigil of Pentecost, which begins with the service of light. Jack and I um, said this service together last night. It is really pretty. The Hymnal 1982 provides a variety of hymns for Pentecost and the Holy Spirit hymns. So I think... That today it is particularly appropriate as I personally and perhaps many of us hold both things in tension together, both the great rejoicing and also the great sorrow. And so I rejoice and give praise that today is Pentecost and a day that we 
understand, as, as this definition says here, emphasize that the church is understood of the body as the body of Christ, which is drawn together and given life by the Holy Spirit. We symbolically harvest the first fruits. And also that we grieve deeply all of the suffering, particularly the unnecessary suffering of our co-created siblings and ourselves. Let us acknowledge our own as well. So with all of that being said, and thanks again for bearing with me, um, let's say the daily office for today. So these are different readings than you'll hear in church this morning. Um, which is the way it's supposed to be, the daily office lectionary and the Eucharistic lectionary are not the same readings, but they are readings that are designed to go together. So hopefully we will get this recorded and sent out there um, and you can listen before your services or whenever you listen, it's going to be the right time. It's going to be God's time, but these things dovetail together with the readings that you'll hear in church today but are not the same. So our readings for this morning on the day of Pentecost are Psalm 118, Deuteronomy 16, 9 through 12, Acts 4, 18 through 21, and 23 through 33. We might also read the Gospel of John, chapter 4, 19 through 26. Ordinarily, um, we would read the Hebrew scripture and the epistle in the morning and then another psalm today it would be psalm 145 and the gospel reading in the evening but because I only speak with you guys once a day we generally read all three which is also perfectly acceptable and of course nobody really has to follow the rules anyway do they so with all of that being said let's turn to page 77 of the book of common prayer Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your word incarnate, made flesh, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen.
O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The Spirit of God renews the face of the earth. Come, let us adore them. Alleluia. Be joyful in God, all you lands. Serve God with gladness and come before God's presence with a song. Know this. Our Savior themself is God. They themselves have made us and we are theirs. We are their people and the sheep of their pasture. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving. Go into God's courts with praise. Give thanks to God and call upon God's name. For God is good. God's mercy is everlasting, and God's faithfulness endures from age to age. Alleluia. The Spirit of God renews the face of the earth. Come, let us adore them. Alleluia. Psalm 118. O oh, give thanks to God, for God is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, God's steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, God's steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear God say, God's steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress I called on God. God answered me and set me in a broad place. With God on my side I do not fear. For what can mortals do to me? God is on my side to help me. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in God than to put confidence in mortals. It is better to take refuge in God than to put confidence in princes. All nations surround me. In the name of God, I cut them off. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of God, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They blazed like a fire of thorns. In the name of God, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but God helped me. God is my strength and my might. God has become my salvation. There are glad songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of God does valiantly. The right hand of God is exalted. The right hand of God does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of God. God has punished me severely, but he, God did not give me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to God. This is the gate of God. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is God's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O God. O God, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of God. We bless you from the house of God. God is God, the only God, and God has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches, up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. 
Oh, give thanks to God, for God is good, for God's steadfast love endures forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Deuteronomy, chapter 16, verses 9 through 12. You shall count seven weeks. Begin to count the seven weeks from the time the sickle is first put to the standing grain. Then you shall keep the festival of weeks to God, contributing a free will offering in proportion to the blessing that you have received from God. Rejoice before God, you and your sons and your daughters, your male and female slaves, the Levites resident in your towns, as well as the strangers, the orphans, and the widows that are among you, at the place that God will choose as a dwelling for God's name. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt and diligently observe these statutes. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 15, the Song of Mary, the Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of God. My spirit rejoices in you, O God, my Savior. For you have looked with favor on your lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. You, the Almighty, have done great things for me, and holy is your name. You have mercy on those who fear you from generation to generation. You have shown strength in your arm and scattered the proud in their conceit casting down the mighty from their thrones and lifting up the lowly. You have filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty. You have come to the help of your servant Israel, for you have remembered your promise of mercy, the promise made to our forebears, to Abraham and Sarah and their children forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Acts chapter 4, verses 18 through 21 and 23 through 33. So they called them and ordered them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in God's sight to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot keep from speaking about what we have seen and heard. After threatening them again, they let them go finding no way to punish them because of the people, for all of them praised God for what had happened. After they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard it, they raised their voices together with God, together to God, and said, Sovereign God, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them, it is you who said by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, Why did the Gentiles rage, and the peoples imagine vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers have gathered together against God and against God's Messiah. For in this city, in fact, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, God... Look at their threats and grant to your servants to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal 
and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Now the one group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Savior, Jesus Christ, and great grace was upon them all. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. So friends, I think this morning, um, partly because I ran off at the mouth with some of my um, denominational background there, we're just going to read the readings to this point and then tonight and you know what I'm going to go ahead and promise this and Jack's going to help hold me to it I'm going to do evening prayer so we'll have two prayers today morning prayer and evening prayer two recorded prayers I should say there are going to be more than those for us today in celebration of Pentecost and intensive prayer for for healing and justice in our global community. Definitely check out to St. Paul's Cathedral in Buffalo, New York. They are hosting this evening or late afternoon. It's either starts at 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. Um, but an intensive prayer and conversation service for racial justice and healing. And I think that's going to be very memorable. That that church is very keyed into this. So we'll probably be saying evening prayer after that. And hopefully that will, um, hopefully the Holy Spirit is upon us in all these places, my friends. So with that being said, let's affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your sovereignty come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. O God, who on this day taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending to them the light of your Holy Spirit, Grant us, by the same Spirit, to have a right judgment in all things, and evermore to rejoice in God's holy comfort. Through Jesus Christ, 
our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Savior. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Forgive me, I skipped the intercessory prayers um, or suffrages, and I apologize. So we're doing this a little bit out of order. Today, instead of using, well, I guess I should say today in the place where we would say intercessory prayers um, or suffrages, I want to read to you um, from Nadia Bowles Weber's um written Sunday prayers and you can find these on her website um, on the corners or their weekly newsletter which is also called the corners Um, so this is again not my words but from the corners by Nadia Bowles Weber who is a Lutheran minister and I just thought this was absolutely appropriate today and it really resonated with me so thank you Nadia And go check her out, folks. She has a beautiful, poetic way of expressing the big feelings. God, whose name has been used to enslave those who bear your image. God, whose name has been used to steal this land and kill those who bear your image. God, whose name was called upon by Moses and Miriam and Martin Luther King Jr. and Sojourner Truth, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. God who raised up prophets to speak truth to power and poets to speak truth to stupid. We call on your holy name to give us what we need to undo what has been done in your name. We call on your name to bring your fierce mercy upon us and remove our complacency and our complicity. We call on your name to heal the wounds of those whose daily reality we do not understand. We call on your name to give us a holy curiosity about what being black in America is really like, God. We call on your name to free us from our cherished notions of being good that keep us from hearing this truth. We call on your name to give us this day our daily truth, our daily humility, our daily rage, our daily hope. This country is burning, God. May this be a cleansing Holy Spirit fire. Guide us to believe that the true name of God is stronger than what has been done in God's name. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Out of order notwithstanding, now is the time that I generally share a few thoughts on the readings. Psalm 118 particularly speaks to me today in that it reiterates over and over That God's steadfast love endures forever. (laughs) 
we have multiple reminders that God's steadfast love does indeed endure forever. And that even in the middle of immense tragedy and injustice, God is there and God brings us out to the broad places, to the open spaces, to the spaces where we have enough room to be ourselves and to be love and to love others without judgment, condemnation, or anything else without encroaching upon each other. For all that our world is so big, it can feel so often like there is not enough space. What a horrible metaphor. Not being able to breathe. Nadia's words remind me, and the words of the psalmist remind me, that there is always hope and not a feeble aspiration with no action to back it up, but the immense and immeasurable power of the Holy Spirit. Things seem dark today, my friends, but dawn is coming. Open spaces are coming. And when, when we see with God's eyes, when we act with the Holy Spirit, even the smallest action can have tremendous effect. So don't give up. Don't lose hope, but throw yourself on God's mercy and grace. And today, the special day, the day that we remember when the Holy Spirit came down upon us and gifted us and empowered us, sometimes it is darkest before, this sounds so trite, sometimes it is darkest before the light and the light of the Holy Spirit is here and all of this craziness, it is being brought out into the light. And as we read so often in scripture, we read yesterday, we read today, God's light has incredible healing power. It is hard to look at injustice and inequality. And yes, my heart breaks because we are so far from where you would think that we would be in 2020. But light is shining and love is here in us. And we are not abandoned. We are not alone. We are not leaderless. The Holy Spirit is here with us. And we follow Christ. And Jesus' third way, as Walter Wink would say, of love. And this is very powerful. So take courage and mourn. 
bravely and act and speak. Most of all, pray, my dear friends. The Hebrew scripture talks about um, Pentecost as that time of harvest. And this is what I would say, that there, there is a beautiful power in us that we have been planting and nourishing and watering. We've been reaching roots down. We've been talking about this a lot lately, friends. Reaching roots down into the wellspring of the Holy Spirit and drinking up God's love. We've been nurturing. And perhaps now, the season of winter, is being overcome by the spring. And we have not been dormant in winter We've been underground. We've been ruminating in our back brains. We've been collecting and assimilating all of this experience and information. And perhaps now it is the time to reap the first fruits and transfigure. Is that book I've been reading, Amankara says, transfigure information into wisdom. Transfigure all of this hurt, this incredible grief over all of the injustice. We transfigure that into action. So maybe now is the time to start reaping the first fruit, start harvesting everything that we're coming together to be and be transfigured and transfigure. These big feelings, these strong reactions we have, they are a sign that we are not asleep. We are awake. And when we give them to God, God absolutely transfigures even the most terrible and tragic human experience into love, into healing. So let us reach out to each other right now, integrate all of these things together. and connect in love. And I know this might sound either simplistic or or overly optimistic, but I believe that it is the absolute truth. None of what has been sacrificed, no life and no life's work goes unrecognized or redeemed by God. It is all for not just something, but for love. 
for divine creation, for healing. It is absolutely essential that we must be part of this divine process by offering to God all of it together, our hope and our hurt, all of the things. And God will show us the one right next step, the one next thing that we can do to be part of healing and redemption and love. Let it not fester inside us, friends, but give it forth to God. We have all been wounded, and right now we feel our own wounds, and we feel for the wounds of others. Instead of being discouraged and coming to dismay that we are here in this place now, instead, lift it up. Offer it, offer it to God, and with it ourselves, I promise there is hope, there is justice, there is redemption, there is restoration, even restoration forward into transformation. There are all of these things in God. Take heart, have courage, bravely offer. Amen. We have a wonderful example here in Acts of what it means to go forward in this braveness, what it means to be harvesting the first fruits, what it means to be among the groundbreakers. So the disciples were ordered not to speak or teach. They were told to be quiet. Does that sound familiar? They were told not to gather together and spread the word. That's also very familiar, isn't it? But what did they do? After they were released, they went to their friends. They raised their voices together to God. And they said to God, look at their threats and grant to, to us, your servants, your co-creators, your co-conspirators with Jesus Christ, to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And what happened then? 
The whole place in which they gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Great grace was upon them all. We are those disciples. We are gathered together, even across the distance and the isolation. And this place is getting shaken. And we will be filled with the Holy Spirit. We will speak the word of God. We will act for God with boldness. Great grace is upon us. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, all this I pray. Amen. I'm getting this out there a little bit late today. I'd intended to have it, have it out this morning. Um, but for me, at least, it's very helpful, the timing, to come back to it and re-look over because I needed... I needed the reminder. I needed the reminder of what it really means to come together and the Holy Spirit light us up. Thank you for being here with me today. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.